the standing between the living and the dead prayer devotional memorial family evangelistic service number 800 and I am so thankful to the Lord for allowing me to be here to see it I thank the Lord for all of my children who have helped to bring it to pass but I thank the Lord most of all for putting it in my heart to do it it was his idea not mine I would have never thought about this in a million years <clears throat> pardon me and I would not have been interested in doing it if it had not been for the Lord and so it has been a wonderful and beautiful run oftentimes difficult under constant Satan satanic attack and persecution but it has been and it is worth it all so ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior family friends and foes and even foes in the family and to the standing between the living and the dead prayer devotional memorial family and evangelistic service family members my beloved welcome to the standing between the living and the dead devotional service number 800 and I want to say a special uh, thank you uh, I mentioned I have mentioned all of my children but my three youngest children uh, have contributed the most believe it or not as far as the actual work three of my oldest children my three oldest children they contributed the funds to keep me full-time to help me to stay full-time in the thousands of dollars and so I thank the Lord for everybody's help and participation and all of the people who have stood with us in the thousands and who to this day to my shock and amazement you will be amazed and you would be amazed if you saw the number of people who listened to the entire devotional many for days on end 
on demand. Uh, these are they who catch it on demand. And so we thank God for what he has done. We thank God for the souls that have heard the gospel and that have gotten saved. We thank God for the thousands who have been prayed for. And uh, we thank God for his mercy, love, and grace, and his uh, might and strength that he gave us uh, to do what has been done. And so, uh, as the Lord tarries, if the Lord tarries, we will continue to march on uh, as time goes on, as God leads. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, those three youngest that I mentioned to you are Daniqua Grace White, Daniel Ezekiel White, uh, in fact he's doing some work right now, and uh, Danielle Elizabeth Breelove White. And so ladies and gentlemen, my beloved, uh, this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible episode number 605 where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today, my beloved, we are reading Proverbs chapter 15, verses 9 through 16. Shall we pray? Everybody pray on this 800th standing between the living and the dead devotional memorial service. Pray for somebody else. Even if you don't want to pray for yourself, even though you stand in need of prayer, pray for somebody. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We acknowledge our weakness and our feebleness, and we pray for your strength, your might, and your energy your unction and your anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit uh, to pray, to teach, to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Have each and every one of us, Lord, on this eight, 800th standing between the living and the dead service number one uh, number 800 Lord help us to all pray help the people not to listen to me pray or watch me pray help them to understand that there is power in prayer I thank you for your holy word that says ask and ye shall be given, seeking ye shall find, knocking it shall be open. I thank you, Lord, for your holy word that says you gave a parable to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You said in your holy word, pray always and pray without ceasing and continue instant in prayer. Lord, I am convinced that our failures as your believers in this so-called modern church or postmodern church is a prayer failure. For Lord, we know that you're able to do. And so, Holy Father God, Help your people to, st to stop playing and to start praying. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would uh, crush the old man within us. Lord, and have mercy and grace upon those of us who are saved. And for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. Wash and cleanse our souls and our hearts and minds and consciences in the precious blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow even tonight. And Holy Father God, I do pray and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical, blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years, which is mind-boggling how you have taken care of us, and I'm sure so many of us. And Holy Father God, I pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, on this 800th service of the standing between the living and the dead. I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your love. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that for those of us who are saved, those of us who are born again, 
Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. And Lord, fill us afresh and anew with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a guard in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we would not sin against you. And Holy Father God, I do pray that you would, even tonight, deliver each and every one of us who is saved and born again from temptation, evil, and sin. And grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight, for thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory. And Holy Father God, help us all tonight who are saved and born again by the precious blood of Christ and by faith in him. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love by your grace. And Holy Father God, we pray, Lord, uh, today for the salvation of the lost, the religious and the irreligious who are not saved. I pray, Lord, for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, and her family, and my family, people who are religious but lost, uh, never have been born again, no fruit at all to show for their salvation because we can't fake salvation fruit and we can't be consistent in it without your grace and your salvation and the power of your Holy Spirit and uh, one can claim to be saved all they want to but if they bear no fruit we must uh, know them by their fruits or lack thereof uh, and uh, Holy Father God, we pray. Uh, tonight, I pray for the salvation of my own wife, Marika White, a person that I have been praying for for over 34 years, and uh, a person uh, who uh, I've been praying that she would lay aside her religious pride and truly trust your Savior. And uh, for that will make all of the difference in her life. And I pray the same, Lord, for not only our family, people in our family, but people in Christian families across this country and around the globe where people are starting to realize, preachers are starting to preach on more, how that there are people in our churches who they think they're going to heaven, but they're going to hell. And so, Holy Father God, we pray for the salvation of the irreligious as well. We pray, Lord, for the revival of your true saints. We pray, Holy Father God, for the healing of the sick according to your will. And, Holy Father God, we pray for the comfort of the grieving in the morning 
and the weeping around the world due to the coronavirus plague and other plagues now. And we pray that you would draw them to yourself. We also pray tonight Lord, that you would lift all of our burdens and cares and worries and anxieties as people who believe in you and who are saved. Fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding even tonight, your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight that you would help us to truly take our commitment to you seriously, to truly confess all sins and to repent of all sins and to turn away from all sins and to do right by you and to obey you and to fear you and to reverence you. And then, Lord, help us to learn our lessons from all of our distresses and afflictions, tribulations and troubles, trials and temptations and tests, whatever they may be. But, Lord, we pray that you would deliver us after we have learned the lessons you want us to learn. Deliver us from our tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and tests and tensions. Lift our burdens, our cares, and our worries and our anxieties from our feeble hearts and minds, souls, and spirits. And fill us with your peace and with your joy. And Lord God in heaven, we pray, Lord, for all of your saints that you deliver us from all spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, family, financial, uh, student loan debt, student progress problems, whatever the case. And then, Lord, protect us all from a housing crisis, food crisis, medical crisis, and utilities crisis around the world. And Holy Father God, we pray that you would bless, I pray that you would bless and protect my family tonight. Uh, for the devil is busy, and we all know it, seeking whom he may devour, seeking whom he may destroy. And so Lord God in heaven, I pray tonight that you'll bless and protect, uh, Lord, all of my children, all of our family, our family extended. And we pray for all other Christian families that you would protect us tonight from ourselves. Protect us tonight, Lord, from our flesh and the devil and the demons of hell. Protect us, Lord, from evil people in the family and outside of the family and in the church. Protect us from them too. Place, Lord, upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us all with a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ. And make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we do pray. Please receive all glory, praise, and honor to your name because we're unworthy to give it to you. And lift up your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through us that others may see him. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Those of you who are just joining us, welcome to number 800 of the Standing Between the Living and the Dead 
prayer devotional memorial service. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 9 through 16 ladies and gentlemen <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing thus saith the Lord the Word of God the Holy Bible at Proverbs chapter 15 verses 9 through 16 the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men. A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you so much for the value of your holy word. I pray that you would cause it to find a living lodging place in our hearts, our minds, our souls, and spirits. Help us to love it more. Help us to cherish it more. Help us to obey it more. Live by it more. Help us to get comfort from it more. Help us to teach it more, preach it more, and preach and proclaim your holy gospel from it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, welcome to
number 800 of the standing between the living and the dead service family friends and foes and even foes in the family and the standing between the living and the dead service family members my beloved this is Daniel White the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the scripture and the sense podcast episode number 991 where I simply read the Word of God and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source such as the BKC, the Bible Knowledge Commentary, or and or the Matthew Henry Commentary, or some other reputable commentary, or study Bible. We have used both. Beloved, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So the aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said the greatest words ever said, the most important words ever said in the history of the world for mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Dear friend, do you know him as your Savior? Has there ever been a time in your life when you realized that you were a sinner? You understood that you were a wicked, evil sinner like the rest of us. For we all have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. And there is a punishment, there is a penalty for our sins. <clears throat> The Holy Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment along with that. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Have you ever wondered why we die? We do not die because of a car crash. We do not die because of a cardiac arrest. We do not die because of the coronavirus. 
we die because of our sinful nature and our sinful choices. The truth of the matter is we're all on death row. We just don't know when uh, we will die. God wants you to understand that this is such a serious matter that one day you're going to die off of this rotating ball called Earth. And God wants you to understand that if He will allow you to die from this earth, this beautiful earth, by the way, He will allow you to go to hell if you do not hear the gospel and get saved by hearing the gospel, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ fully and forever. You must understand that because I believe that many people have the wrong image of God in their minds. Yes, he's very, very, very loving beyond what we can even begin to comprehend. But you are a free moral agent. And if you want to reject Christ and can, because you love sin, you love uh, darkness more than light, then he'll let you do that. And so, dear friend, the wages of sin is death. It is appointed on the man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Do it today. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And hell is a real place. If you think this is hot, uh, this is uh, not to be compared with hell. For Jesus said the fire never quenches in hell. And hell is a real place. And if you want to be saved from hell, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. For Jesus will save you from your sins. All you have to do is believe in him. Call on his name, for the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you willing to call on the name of the Lord? Are you willing to believe in Jesus Christ who was born of a virgin? No help from the seed of man. Pure, untainted blood. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. That's how we get our sins taken away. We get them under the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, beloved, we're reading uh, 
from the most powerful passage in Holy Scripture, I believe. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hell is a very real place but you do not have to go to hell. All you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray and ask him to save your soul and he will do so. So if you're willing to pray the sinner's prayer with me and at the same time you're willing to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, follow me in prayer, what is called the sinner's prayer. Humble yourself, be sincere about it if you mean it, and repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Repeat after me if you want to be saved tonight. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of my many sins. that I have committed in your sight. I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day, by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Based upon your holy word, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to change. Help me to repent of my sins. And help me to follow you in the new life. For it is in your holy name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you truly believed in your heart and you prayed that prayer in sincerity based upon the word of God, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Congratulations to you. Now, to help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com or Gospel Light House of Prayer. And there's a link there for a book.
titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Click on that and it will download for you and uh, you will be able to read that book in its entirety to help you to grow in the faith. Now today, my beloved, uh, we are uh, in the midst of a Bible study. For those of you who are just getting saved, uh, this will be your first Bible study. Turn in your Bibles, those of you who are already old in the Lord, share your Bible with them for this power in seeing the words of God. Malachi 3, 17 and 18, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Verse 18, Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Mm. My, my, my. Dear friends, that was Malachi chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Now here is the sense of it. Here is the understanding of it. From the Matthew Henry commentary. Standing between the living and the dead. Number 800. Those who fear the Lord will become his in the day he makes up his treasured jewels, his treasured, treasured possession. The day is the day of the Lord. It will be a day of judgment on the wicked and of deliverance for the righteous God will spare them. <clears throat> As a result, Israel will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. In previous times, Israel has seen God intervene decisively in judgment and deliverance, that is, the exodus, the exile, and the return. Those events pointed up a distinction between the righteous and the wicked. The future day of the Lord, however, will bring about a much more extensive judgment on the wicked and through physical deliverance and bodily resurrection, the righteous will be his treasured possession in the kingdom, fulfilling God's original intention for Israel. This hope renews the righteous and strengthens their fear of God.
shall we pray. Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for this time together in your word and around your holy word. And we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that much good would come from it. Lost souls would be saved. Christians would be revived. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And for his sake, amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we move to the family verses. Or, if you will, the family segment. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. You say, Preacher, I thought this was the spiritual warfare passage. I know it quite well. Well, if you know it quite well, you would know you need uh, these uh, uh, garments. You need to put on the whole uh, armor of God so that your family can survive. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Pardon me. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, pardon me, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I want you to understand that you're wrestling against a whole lot. But God has given you a whole lot to defeat them, to defeat the devil with. God is able. Will you put on the whole arm of God in your family? I've tried to tell you men this before. Women know it. But they will never tell you. And that is, deep down in her heart of hearts, she wants to serve a man. She wants to satisfy a man. She wants to please a man and uh, somehow some way she will find a man that she can serve and I know some of you men don't understand this you see the reason why you're having so many problems with women or getting a woman or with your woman is because you don't understand that deep down God has hardwired her to serve a man. And all I've been trying to tell you, 
is that you need to make sure that she serves you. I can tell you story after story of what I, how I have seen women who uh, won't serve their husbands, won't submit to their husbands, won't do what their husband tells them to do. Uh, but they can't wait to serve the pastor of the church. They can't wait wait to serve their second husband on the job, and and uh, and, and it's nothing but foolishness and uh, being a juvenile in her mentality. And so, I, and I'm I'm here to tell you I don't care what she says, I don't care what she does. And you don't have to be belligerent because you're dealing with the devil, man. You understand me? And you don't have to become belligerent because you're in charge. And if you're saved and you're connected to God through Jesus Christ and you are praying without ceasing, you can survive over 34 years of marriage like my wife and I have. And I believe she's lost and on her way to hell, based upon her behavior. Stubbornness, rebelliousness, pride. But you know, when my wife has been her happiest, not before I give her things to do, but during the things that I have told her to do. Why is that? If I tell her, you need to wash those dishes. You need to sweep this floor. You need to iron my shirts. Over the past 34 years, that's when I have seen her at her most peaceful. Because she's hardwired to serve a man, to be a helpmeet to a man. And and sister girl looking at me right now uh, askance. If you think that you're not hardwired that way, if that's not a part of your being, it's not uh, in you, then don't get married. There's no skin on my back. I'm trying to help you. And see, what, what, what men are dealing with in the church, they're dealing with the devil. The devil is behind your wife rebelling and being ugly and being proud and stubborn and arrogant. Uh, listen to me. Okay? And I, I'm ho- hopefully I'm talking to a saved man. First of all, to tap that junk and foolishness and acting like a juvenile down, you need to get with your wife in the morning and pray together. I said together. And get everybody else up. Whatever, whoever is in your household, they need to, y'all need to pray together. That's number one. You can, you can knock that devil out about 60% through prayer in the morning time. Now, let me help you, husbands. She is more than likely not want, not going to want to pray. She's not going to initiate prayer. Here's what you're going to get 
from her. And my wife has has to speak to me respectfully. So when she she sees that I'm getting ready to pray, the devil behind her does not want that to happen. So the devil will plant things in her mind, and here's what she'll say to me: "Excuse me, Daddy, she, she, without fail." All of a sudden, she's got a list of things that she wants to do, and this, that, and the other. Well, before that, nothing. And and you're gonna have a wife loaded for bear in the morning. You hear me? Full of hell and the devil. And the only way to diffuse that is through prayer. You need to pray with her. She should be praying too. But her prayers are not as powerful as your prayers. You need to pray, sir. Well, I, I've never had to pray before. Well, you need to pray now. Because you need to pray and ask God to cast the devil out of her or from her or something. Because it, you, you don't need to get mad and angry at her. You need to get mad and angry at the devil and you need to be praying against the devil and pray and ask God to cast the devil away from her because she's loaded for bath first thing in the morning. If nothing else, to set her agenda over yours. Because your wife, she's been lying uh, awake all night thinking of stuff to try to trip you up. I mean, that's the devil right there. <laughs> you scared night. <laughs> Don't get scared. Stop praying. And, and as Jesus told you to do, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Okay? See? So, pray with her in the morning. Pray with her at night. Pray with your wife and your children. Keep the devil at bay. Pray. Write that down. That's another one of my quotes that I got from the Lord. Keep the devil at bay. Pray. That's what you need to do. That's how you need to do that. See, this is why God has told you to pray without ceasing. Pray always. Where does, where does this come from? Continue instant in prayer. That, that's all designed to, first of all, keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord. He'll keep you in perfect peace. And then the Lord will remind you to keep one eye at least on that devil in the corner because he's going to jump as soon as somebody drops their guard. And you need to be uh, ready and quick to deal with the situation. You need to understand that your wife or your husband or your spouse or your I mean, your husband or your children, they're not the enemy. The devil will try to make them the enemy and make you think they're the enemy. And you do have to rebuke them, punish them, chastise them, 
to help them to understand that we're in spiritual warfare and I, we cannot afford for you to let the devil ride with us. In other words, we can't allow anybody in this family to let the devil up in here with devilment and foolishness. See. Now let me let me help you husbands and then I'm gonna go. I do not believe God does not believe in divorce. God is not for divorce. Jesus is not for divorce. And I want to tell you what they're mostly concerned about. Yes, they're concerned about you and you will live a thousand deaths after you divorce. But, they, but, but God and Jesus are more concerned about those children. He's concerned, they're concerned about the testimony, you know, how your testimony is going to be shot. Your witness is going to be curtailed and all of that. But uh, when God brings a couple together and they have two, uh, 2.5 children or two, uh, three children or four children, uh, you, you, you're going to get in trouble with God if y'all start talking stupid, quite frankly. Because he's very concerned about those little ones. You know, one of the reasons why my wife and I are still married she does not know what it what it looks like for a couple to stay married in her family. I know what it looks like, and my parents separated. And it was a rough, uh, a bad marriage all the way through because my mother uh, controlled and dominated him and us. I had to put my I had to put my foot down one year. Uh, we were in high school, and my mother went to Dollar General, or Dollar uh, Family Dollar somewhere, and you know, right before school, you know how they, how parents buy children clothes for school. And I I was kind of, I guess I was 16 at the time. I had to put my foot down because one time she went into a Dollar General store, or Dollar Day store, or uh, a Family Dollar store. Uh, somewhere, and went in there and bought me a yellow jean suit. I had to put I had to put my foot down. I didn't wait on my dad. I said I'm not wearing that. She said yes you are. I said no I'm not either. That's the only thing my mother backed down on. <laughs> she didn't back down on anything else, buddy. But she backed down. She saw I was serious. Now I'm not wearing that to school, man. But she ran the show, buddy, and she and, and she was in she was large and in charge. She did whatever she wanted to do. Uh, I, and and so what she taught me, she didn't know she was teaching me this. I would never have a situation like my dad had in his household. Never, never. I can't. I, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I'm not going to be in submission to a woman. I don't care who likes it. And by the way, let me just say again, my sweet little evangelicals, I love them. I love them. I know how to deal with them. So that, you know, that's why I love them. I love them. I love some of the good things that they do. Let me tell you something. They're the ones 
who somebody set up in the ivory tower one day, scared of his wife, I guess. And somehow the devil caused him to see in the scriptures, even though he knows better, that a husband and wife ought to be mutually in subjection to each other. No, sir, no, ma'am, that's impossible. <laughs> Woo! They have since changed. They've they gone back to common sense, most of them. But one lady tried to bring it up again one more time, but they love that. Sometimes, uh, you, well, the Bible teaches that you ought to be in submission to me sometimes. I would be in submission to you. That's impossible. Are you, uh, are you in submission to Jesus sometimes? And sometimes he's in submission to you? No. We're the bride of, the, we're the bride of Christ. And we, <laughs> I don't see Jesus like that. Jesus is not in submission to nobody. But God, his father, nobody else, okay? Honey child, you know, she, and so she knows better. So in her little article, she just slid it in there. Even though, you know, that even though word, even though the Bible teaches that a husband and wife ought to be submission to one another, which is a lie out of hell. She slipped it in there. She went on and dealt with how that women today really need to humble down and be submissive to their husband. Okay, that's what we need for you to focus on, baby. Huh? You hear me? That's what we need for you to focus on. We need for you older women to tell these younger women and teach them to submit to their husbands. And those of you folding your arms and you mad at me, you women, you're mad at me right now? Well, then don't get married. Because see, here, here's what I want to tell your husband to tell you. Once you get married to him and you, uh, you, underst you understand that you're supposed to be a help me to him, you understand that your goals and dreams become secondary to his. You understand that, uh, you know, you're there to help him and, 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 and help him do what he needs to do. And then you need to help him raise those children. And you need to be available for sex. Okay? I'm going to get back to that. But let me just tell what you, your husband what to tell her. Now, you don't have to get angry, man. You, you're the one in authority. Just tell her that if you don't want to do what God has commanded you to do, and what I'm telling you to do, you really don't need to be here. And so, therefore, you... you you don't need to have the privilege of being married. Now, I'm against a divorce. I, I, I'm with God. God hates divorce. Jesus hates divorce. I hate it too. I, I hate to see people do it. It's going to, because it's going to cause a whole lot of problems. But, but, but at some point, something has to be done. If, you got a, if a husband has a wife who is rebellious as the devil, mean as the devil, proud, stubborn, and rebellious, not submissive, won't listen, won't, talking back, and all of that, you need to rebuke her, but you need to also give her an option. Because that's not going to work. And if that threat of her not having the benefit of being married which she said she dreamed about all of her life. Even my, my wife even said she dreamed about marrying a preacher. 
And I told him later, I said, uh, you better specify what kind of preacher to marry. Because Daddy B is not going to roll like that. See, I'm not going to do like my dad did. I, I'd rather not have you here if you're not going to do what God commanded you to do and what God made you to do and what God wired you to do. And you need to, you need to remind her, okay? This is not about her. This is about God, Jesus, and about you doing what God has called you to do. And she is to help. Be a help meet. Now let me help you. I mean, let me get back to the other thing. <clears throat> Why is that woman so beautiful? Because you need some help. Your body needs some help. Okay? You need some sexual healing. You don't need to be ashamed of that. Men. It's better than you sitting there looking at pornography. You don't need to be looking at pornography. If you got a beautiful wife over there, God made her beautiful for you. It's, she's like a big lollipop. God made her beautiful for you to satisfy your sexual uh, loving uh, feelings for and needs. Okay, that's number one. She is there for that. That's a huge help. Yes, I do believe. That's another reason why. I'm saying another reason why my wife and I are still married. Number one is we want to give our children what she never had and what I had, and that is not having that hole in their souls. Even though the marriage may not be that great of divorce. Because it does something. It's a psychological thing. Because I'm a big old tough fella. And I'm very happy that my mom and dad did not divorce. Very happy. I can't explain it to you. I cannot explain that to you. I shouldn't even care about that. But I, 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 I do. I do. I'm thrilled that they stay together until... Death did them part. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> and I and I, I want to give that gift to my children, even though we may not have the greatest marriage in the world. Just like you don't. Okay. And so the other, the, the other reason why we have stayed married and we are married uh, and, and, and continue to be married even though we are in the uh, emptiness and we can go out both our separate ways is because of guilt-free sex. Guilt-free sex, any time, anyhow, any way. For the marriage bed is undefiled. I know I'm a beautiful sixty-one-year-old man, but uh, I don't have time. I don't want. I, listen to me. 
I don't want to be getting back out there trying to find somebody and be with somebody. And I, I can tell you right now, I'm definitely, definitely not going to our time with all the old geezers. You better give me a mid-range time. But I'm not going to our time. I don't want to talk with anybody around my age about nothing. Cause I, what I, it, it, and if I talk to you, I'm, I want to know what kind of pills you're taking and why you're taking them pills. And if you try to lie to me, I've already Googled you. I'll Google the medicine to find out why you're taking it. I believe that people who date people who of a certain age, you need to be free. You need to understand. You need to disclose what medication you're taking. I need to know what's going on with you. And I definitely don't want to be with you if you're taking medication for your psychology. Talking about when I if I if I keep on taking my medicine, I'm fine. Well, you won't be fine with me. See, I, I'm too old to be out there trying to find somebody. I, I don't want to do that. And I have to have it. And so, uh, my wife may not be as beautiful as she used to be, but, uh, you know, and I, I guess I'm uh, not as handsome as I used to be. But... Uh, uh, you have you get to a point where you fit like a glove and you're comfortable, and uh, and there's great value in that. That's built up equity in your marriage, where you don't have to plan anything, you don't have to go on a date, you don't have to try to do small talk, and and all of that just to have sex. And some of you people. I shouldn't uh, you shouldn't take that for granted that's one of the main reasons why I got married to have sex guilt free guilt free sex otherwise is for guilt as a child of God and you know you are not to be doing it in the first place nothing okay so she is there there should be an attraction there enough for you to enjoy her body and vice versa. And, uh, and beyond that, she's there to help you. That's great value. I know that sounds foreign, man. To some of you people, you you got caught up in the American way, and so so quite frankly, I I'm not that interested in her working outside the home when we have seven children. Her career, uh, that's all modern day American foolishness. There's a whole lot to keep my uh, keep a woman busy at home. Satisfying the needs of a husband—that's you know—that that's an everyday thing. And then you have children. Now I I have no interest in you uh, having a career outside of the home. You can have a career inside the home, 
like the virtuous woman. Mm -mm. And it's easier for you to submit to your own husband when you're at home instead of going out to the job and getting a second husband who's a job husband, church husband, and all that foolishness. See? See, I'm trying to help you men if you want your family to survive and you want your marriage to survive and you want, uh, you want, to, you want to reap the benefits of marriage as a man, like I have. <clears throat> then that's how you need to look at things. She, that beautiful woman is there to satisfy all of all the stuff you got going on with your body, number one. Number two, she's there to help you do whatever God called you to do. And to help you raise those children. Make no mistake about it. A good wife is a good thing. See, God gave you the wife. Not He didn't give you the wife to share with your pastor and to share with the husband on the job and to share with the person down at the corporate office, with the man in the corporate office. Uh -uh. No, God gave, bless you to have the wife. And so, and guess what? She wants to be used by a man. I know that sounds kind of, kind of bad, but it's true. She wants to be used by a man, because that's what she's there for. Now there are women who were not wired to get married, not called upon God to get married, and God is very much okay with that, as long as they're not lesbians, lesbos. And as long as they're not trying to uh, uh, whore around with every Tom, Dick, and Harry to get sexual satisfaction, and they don't have a maintenance man that comes by, they keep themselves pure. They're virgins. That's fine. If that's what you want to do. But personally, I would not trade family life for anything. And you husbands, right? Some of you husbands listening to me right now, you don't know where your wife is. And that's not how it's supposed to be. She ought to be with you. Tending to your every need, being a blessing to you, taking care of your children, making sure you got food to eat and things are clean and cleaned up. And if they're not cleaned up, do like me, I, I tell her to clean it up. I told my wife, even today, after 34 years of marriage, several things to clean up. I told her to change the sheets on the bed. And she did that. I told her to sweep the floor all the way through to all the way through the house, and she did it. I told her to wash the dishes. You got some of them. You got to tell them what to do, and, and that's help too. You don't have to do it, and you don't need if you if you're a busy man providing for your family and all that. You don't need to do it. That's what she's there for to help you.
I don't have to get up and go looking for my slippers. I don't know where I left them at. <laughs> she should know, and she knows, and she and and, and she, she'll go get them. See? Okay, she is there for your benefit, sir. So you need to lovingly teach her and help her and train her, whatever you need to do, to be a blessing, to be a helpmeet to you, and to take care, help take care of your children in being a helpmeet to you. Because ultimately, you're responsible for how your children are raised. And she must raise them the way you want them to be raised. And there are no arguments about that. There's no, don't, 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 don't you ever pick up a book about marriage, your wife will pick it up. How to fight fair. There's no fighting fair. There's no fighting at all. You're in charge, sir. You, you, where do you get that from? You get it from your parents and you get it from your grandparents and you get it from the American way. That's the American way they see it on, is what you see on TV. It has nothing to do with God. Husbands and wives fighting, fussing at each other. My wife and I have never had an argument. And they're, they're my, my sweet evangelical brethren. They'll come up with something like that. They got books out there. How to fight fair. How to argue fair. We're not, you're not, we're not arguing about nothing. What are you talking about? Ah, I'm, I'm telling you what the deal is. And if you allow the devil to rise up in you, you and the devil can go. For as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's it. And I know uh, my Christian feminazi women uh, people who are listening to me right now and telling people not to listen to me and all this kind of stuff. You don't like it, but you know that's true. And other, and, uh, other men are rising up along with me. Men you never thought would say certain things. But they, they, you know what they're saying? Because they know that this is messed up. They're watching families be destroyed. Why? Because they're out of order. That's why Dr. T.D. Jakes is saying some things that he's saying. He is saying, looking at a generation of families shot to hell. In his church, outside of his church. The Christian, he's seeing that the so-called Christian evangelical charismatic family is not doing well under the gun, under the pressure. And he understands that the Bible says that in the day of adversity, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. There's something wrong somewhere. Your families are crumbling on top of each other, and then they become, then all y'all become a burden on me, and a burden on my staff, and a burden on the church. Because for the past 30, 40 years, we've been pushing women up over men. And, you, and you, watch this you got some women who have bought into that, got rid of their man, but they still wanted penis. And they're coming. They're, they're looking at you, Pastor. You don't satisfy my spirit. You need to come over here and satisfy this need right here, since I'm all that in the bag of chips now. I still got to have it. Don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. Don't bow your head. It's not time to pray. I'm gonna pray in a minute.
Oh, yes, they will. The women that you encourage to go ahead and only divorce their husband and because he's this and that and you bleed her lies and everything, uh, after that husband is gone and out of the house, she's going to be calling you. And she's going to bring up the subject. Well, you know, I miss my husband, you know, because I know it's better for us not to be together, you know. And the children over here crying for their daddy, too. And, you know, I have needs. What? Excuse me? Well, you should have thought about that before you got rid of your husband. Uh, I would just... Pastor, he, 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 I had a dream about you and me, Adam and Eve. Oh, no, girl. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, don't start that dreaming mess. Because mm -hmm. you don't put me in your dreams. Because I can't, I can't do that. Uh -uh. I can't help you with that. But there are some pastors who will. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. <laughs> Woo, Jack, jump over the candlestick. They'll be over there climbing in your window. The devil is a lie. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. All I'm telling you is. <clears throat> you have an enemy against your family. Against your marriage. His name is the devil. I know you, you all have forgotten about him. You know you, 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 you smart people started saying smart things like. Oh don't give the devil credit and. The devil don't have any power here and there. Somebody has something. Because your marriage is shot to hell and destroyed. So, who did that? It was just you and your mama? Or was the devil involved? So this, is, this passage is adjacent to the family passage proper. But, it is a part of it. You need to pray with your ma you need to pray with your wife and with your children every day otherwise you're committing a crime against yourself. And you're going to be looking at each other real soon like you're the enemy. When in reality the devil is up in there separating you all. Making you think that way. And so with that I'm going to leave you tonight. Regarding the family verses, let's pray for other families, families that are saved, families that are lost, and other people as well. Holy Father God, I praise you and thank you tonight for allowing us to be here for the 800th standing between the living and the dead service. And Holy Father God, I thank you for allowing me to do what I just did hundreds of times in an attempt 
to get marriages and families saved. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for raising up powerful preachers who are humble enough and who love you enough and fear you enough to say, you know what? you may have misunderstood me or I may have misguided you, uh, but what we're seeing with families uh, now is mind-boggling and, and, and somewhere along the line we all have lost our way. And it's time for us to go back to the old landmarks and go back to the Word of God. And. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for raising up people to preach the truth, to teach the truth. And we pray for the salvation of those families that don't know you. We pray for the revival of those families that do. And Lord, it is such a privilege to be here tonight and to do what you have led me to do 799 other times, days. Thank you, Lord, so much for all of my children, Danny, Daniel, Danita, Danae, Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle, uh, especially uh, for they are the ones who have put together the services. And Lord, I remember those early days when we were just getting started. Uh, we had just wrapped up years of preaching every day, and uh, some of my children thought that, that we were going to take a break for a long time, but because of the situation, you led me to do something else, and to have this powerful devotional service, and so I give you the glory, praise, and honor, especially uh, for all of my children, but especially Daniqua, Daniel, Ezekiel, and Danielle. Bless them for, uh, bless all of my children for what they have done. The oldest children's provided thousands upon thousands of dollars. And the youngest provided faithful, loving, on time, never missing, uh, on point, uh, labor and faithful service to you and I pray that you'll bless them all and grant the youngest ones a double blessing for doing what they have done to this very day and Holy Father God I pray for the salvation of the lost for the revival of the saved for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning and uh, for the healing of the sick, draw these people to yourself for salvation around the globe. And Holy Father God, for Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon us for those of us who are truly born again and saved and forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Holy Father God, help us to repent and to turn from our wicked ways. Revive us again, restore us again, renew us again. 
And uh, Holy Father God, we pray for all ministers of government in our country, from the president down to the police officers. Same, same, Lord, in all other countries, including Israel, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we pray for the salvation of all uh, government officials and ministers. We pray that you would revive those who are saved. And Lord, we pray that you would rebuke and bind the devil and cast the devil and the demons of hell out of the lives of people who have that problem. And Holy Father God, I do pray also uh, Lord, that you would protect all Christians in Nigeria from persecution uh, and in other African countries and in China and in America and around the globe. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray that you would give us your grace for our trying hours and for our dying hours. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray for all of the people. Uh, Lord, not only the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus through the death of loved ones and loved ones being in the hospital. But Lord, we pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Nigeria resident Nassim Umar Yakasi. We pray for the family and friends of New York resident Nertil Morina. We pray for the family and friends of New York resident Kasim Al Salah. We pray for the family and friends of South Carolina resident Michael Scott. We pray for the family and friends of North Carolina resident Nathan Isaac Richardson. And we pray, Lord, that you would comfort these families and uh, draw them to yourself for salvation. And now, Lord, we pray also that you will help us as your people, your Christian people, to humble ourselves to pray to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our sins and to get back to you our first love. And then, Lord, we pray for all of the people on the prayer list, not only these few that are mentioned here tonight, but the thousands of the past. And we pray for all of them. We pray for salvation and spiritual family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. Protect them from the coronavirus plague and the, now even the monkeypox as children have this dreaded disease. And now some women as well. We pray, Lord, for Pastor Bushibi, and we thank you and praise you for the wonderful Sunday service. Thank you, Lord, for the soul saved and people healed and delivered. Please save and comfort the families of Tabitha, Okiti, and Pastor 
Donald's father, please supply for the children's school fees as they return to school. We thank you, Lord, for Melanie's successful surgeries. Please provide her with contact lenses. Thank you for blessing the women's seminar. Please bless them as they fast and pray for an end to the coronavirus economic hardships and revival around the world. We pray for Leonidas. Please bless his ministry in Rwanda. Punia, please protect his family and bless his ministry. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the ministry as well, through the preaching of the gospel from this pulpit all around the world. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for Kranthi, Atalo, Stephen, Brandy, Sarah. And Lord, we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives after hearing your word preached to you. They recommitted their lives back to you. Help these all to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. And we pray for the thousands who have done the same, who have gotten saved and who have rededicated their lives. We pray for Dominique, Cresha, Mary, Ulysse, Alejandra, and all others. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. <coughs> On day 800 of the uh, standing between the living and the dead service, uh, and we give God all of the glory, praise, and honor, and I thank God for allowing me the privilege to be a part of it and to be here with you tonight. Let's all pray, and then we're going to hear that beautiful song. Let's. Uh, when I fly away, I'll fly away. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I give you all of the glory, praise, and honor for allowing us to see 800 services, 800 days of a service that averaged an hour and a half. I give you the glory, I give you the praise, and I give you the honor for what you have done in these services. As your gospel has been preached, thousands have been prayed over, the gospel has been preached to thousands, no doubt uh, millions. Your holy word has been taught in these services. People have been prayed for, people have been remembered, family members have been Families have been strengthened, rebuked, encouraged, uh, and edified. And Lord, I give you the glory, praise, and honor for it all. Grant us your grace, your energy, your strength, and the power of your Holy Spirit to continue to march on as long as you want us to. Save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray and for his sake. Amen. God bless you, my beloved. Until next time.